I'm Glenn Southam, and welcome to the podcast that shares the challenges, successes, and advice of marketing professionals working in recruitment. You also get to find out their favourite swear word. You can find me on LinkedIn, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Southam, and the podcast website can be found at thelonelymarketers.com, the no strings network for marketers in recruitment. This is The Lonely Marketer Show. Let's get going. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of The Lonely Marketer. Today I am joined by uh, Scott Millwood um, and like a lot in this series we're trying to mix it up a bit and we kind of get a double bubble here with, with Scott. One, he's only been in recruitment marketing for six months or so and two, he's a bit of a uh, up and coming hashtag celebrity um, you may know him from, <laughs> you may know him from famous hashtags such as love sticks uh, i'm open to dangly bits something like that yeah i'm not that proud of that one yeah. uh what's the other one anywhere does lap dances for a fiver that's yeah. the one yeah uh, but but seriously that you know that's got scott some great engagement i actually looked on just before we started recording you know those his past three posts i think twelve and a half thousand reactions almost 2000 kind of comments and things like that so it's yeah the all, all good. been crazy yeah um but and scott works for an rpo business as well so that's kind of the first the first kind of view into that side of recruitment marketing that we're we're gonna have uh companies uh matt burton associates who are part of the ignata group um scott actually went through an initial rebrand as well with them so they've got a new identity it's it's mba really than matt burton associates now yeah. um so welcome to the scope show scott thank you very much for having me glenn pleasure to be here cool um you know scott reached out to me when the the podcast first started going and we we probably spoke for the best part of a, an hour in that conversation and it was a really good one so it's good to to get into this um we were talking i think best place to to start is the content that you're you're kind of putting it out now um it's not recruitment focused at all. No, not at all. Um, but it's having an impact. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so there is a little bit of strategy behind the content. It's not yeah. just uh, silly hashtags and, and stuff put together. Um, I wanted to sort of um, not build an audience for the sake of building an audience, but actually discuss topics which are you know prudent at the moment and put my own spin on them and actually just open the debate for other people. Um, other people have done it, um, but I thought I could do it my own way, my own style, which um, people seem to appreciate. And I think also uh, people appreciate you putting out content, which is actually of value. Yeah. Um, I'm sure people are aware that, you know, I work for Matt Burn Associates, we're an RPO. Uh, and if they need any recruitment <laughs> services, I'm sure they could get in contact. But that's that's not the point. I mm. think if, if people need those sort of services, they'll come to you. So uh, I don't want to. I don't want to be a, a BD sales guy. I want to be a marketer and, and and get our name out there and and talk about what I want to talk about. Yeah. And I think we we spoke we spoke about it. Um, I think it was actually on LinkedIn about finding your voice as an individual. Yeah. And how important that is because I you know I looked at I looked at your posts when you first started at MBA. You were getting you were getting nothing. In all honesty, was no, it? absolutely it was, not. But you were probably putting out the same as probably 90% of people on LinkedIn that's quite vanilla, generic yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff, maybe a little bit kind of tone the company line and yeah, things yeah. like that. I, th I think my, my advice would be is don't try and write like someone else. Yeah. Don't read my posts and say, I want to write like Scott yeah. because you'll end up sounding like you're trying to sound like someone else. Yeah, it's obvious, isn't it? it? It's obvious, yeah. And I think 
looking at the engagement and the posts that that do really well it's the people that have some kind of authenticity in there yeah. which is which is personal to them and and that's what people buy into i think if you're authentic you have some kind of point to make and you know a bit of humor um helps as well um yeah just just try just try yeah too many people are scared of you know it flopping you know if it gets no engagement gets no engagement you just do another post yeah you know? people will argue that you know your hashtags and things like that are controversial they're just there to get the hook and the engagement and it's all great having all those high numbers that we spoke about but is it vanity over sanity yeah no i absolutely i get that yeah um but you know, um, just from a business perspective, it's been really, really good yeah. for MBA. You know, you've won business. We, we've won one business. I mean, as a marketer, I run you know, omni-channel approach where we do all your all your standard marketing things that you would think of, and having a bit more noise around your name or your brand, um, unless you're attacking individuals or topics yeah. in the wrong way. Um, if you're honest, people will respect you, hopefully. Yeah. Obviously, you're going to have some people which don't agree with you, but in order to say your truth, you're, you're always going to have to risk offending people. Yeah, and um, we've said usually the people yeah. who don't agree or kick up a fuss and things and things are probably not your target audience in exactly. the first place. Exactly, and if, some, if someone doesn't like my content um, and it deeply offends them, I'm sure you know we, we wouldn't work well together. Yeah. Um, you know, my content is reflective of the fact that I work for a disruptive RPO who sort of want to do things differently. Yeah. Um, we still work with very, very corporate clients. Um, but this, but they I, have humans working for exactly, them, don't they? They have humans working for them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, before, before we started all this LinkedIn stuff, um, you know, you're obviously conscious about what your, your current clients will, will think of it. Mm. And the response from our clients has been, you know, unbelievable. Yeah. So we love seeing authenticity that you have your own voice that you, you know, you're not you're not afraid to have an opinion. Yeah. Uh, and that and that's what we want to and do. And you and you can have the reach. You can get that exposure. Yeah, so can you do that for us? That's exactly. And it, it comes through sixty that you know clients come back to us and say, can you help us with our voice, with our reach? Yep. Um, obviously, uh, tone it down a bit from the sort of things I say, but there's uh, transferable principles which can always be applied. Cool. Um, obviously, you're very new to recruitment you know six, six months in you, you had yeah. your own business in the past and you you've worked in in marketing um have you found recruitment and i know you know rpo is a different model of recruitment but fundamentally it's yeah. it's still the same yeah. how, how have you how have you found that transition to to the recruitment world yeah so I, so i started off with a uh, fashion brand straight out of university um, did that for a few years and then sold it uh, eventually was successful after yeah. a few years of failure um, but that's sort of how it goes um, yeah. I moved into uh, B2C and B2B uh, marketing consulting for a few years mm -hmm. um, many different industries all those different things and basically I thought that recruitment was very different in the sense that it sits between B2C and B2B, B2C being your candidates, B2B being your clients. Yeah. And I thought, looking at what I've done, I can impact both sides of that coin. Yeah. Um, and that was really why I wanted to come. And um, Matt and MBA were really compelling as to why they wanted me to come and gave me sort of license to try and build a voice for them. Um, and so far, so good, yeah. It's been yeah. really, really pleased with my decision. 
and a lot of your a lot of your work is based around inbound marketing yeah absolutely um which buzzwords at the moment yes you know it's it's here there and everywhere there's lots of platforms offering it there's lots of big agencies if you like selling the selling the dream of inbound marketing yeah but you've pretty much implemented it yourself at MBA yeah yeah um, so obviously we run uh, an omni-channel approach you know yeah. your standard stuff Google Ads PPC mm-hmm. you know social media do you know what though Google this. Ads and PPC is probably not that common in recruitment world yeah I, I don't I, I come I've, I've done both sides of the coin yeah. B2B B2C and you know I'm very much of the opinion let's try it and see if it works if it's a complete flop the the main thing is is a loss of my time yeah but at least you can cross that off the list and say that didn't work yeah. but something else did and and it's a lot it's a lot cheaper for you to try that internally than go to a lot of other agencies as yeah, well isn't it absolutely yeah. um one of the things that i've noticed um especially doing consulting for a few years yeah. is that um most marketers or most uh, directors want bigger marketing budgets yeah what I always argue for is more time. Yeah. Much, much uh, more so than, than big budget. Obviously, you need a certain budget to be able to afford, you know, your infrastructure pieces. But especially when you're doing advertising, um, social media, Google, all that sort of stuff, you need time. You mm-hmm. need lots of testing. You know, if I'm running ads, I'm not running one ad and running it for three months and hoping it works, you know. Yeah. We're tweaking our approach. We're running five, six at the same time. We're running, you know, smaller budgets. Mm-hmm. And... As a marketer, I can work out what works and what doesn't after you know a week or two. Yeah, you know, and that's the fun part of being a marketer. It's trying to reverse engineer the attention of be it a client or a candidate to get them to do something, and that is really what inbound marketing is: is yeah. getting them to do something towards you. Yeah, um, and that's that's the game, isn't it? So, what is your thought process about kind of implementing inbound? The, the first thing was to develop some infrastructure. Um, yeah. So um, MBA, um, obviously we were under the Ignata umbrella and there was a lot of marketing was done centrally yeah. um, under sort of the group umbrella. And we sort of wanted to go away from that and sort of uh, go out on our own in terms of creating our own brand, our own voice. So had had this business which has all these great clients and you know is a, a very well-established business but has never sort of shouted about it because... Um, it's obviously different in different parts of recruitment, but being an RPO, it's about the client, the client, the client. Yeah. Um, and we're sort of uh, non-existent to that. But obviously, if you want to go out there on your own and win more business, you need to have some kind of reputation and thoughts of your own, not just we'll, we'll do what it takes. Yeah. So building infrastructure was the first point, you know, systems be that, you know, I'm a big fan of marketing automation. Yeah. Um, we talked a lot, Glenn, about, you know, HubSpot, Infusionsoft, all of all of these sort of people, and you know everyone in the recruitment industry is talking about these these things. But it's very, it's very personal to your business yeah. and to you as an individual. It's not going to solve all your problems just no. suddenly automating everything, is it? <laughs> no, you, you can automate bad and you can automate good. Yeah. Um, so it has to be an omni-channel approach. Um, looking at it, and it's also the quality of the data that you put into any of these systems. Yeah. If your CRM's not working well probably the results that come out the back aren't going to yeah. be very good either. Shit in, shit out. In data, yeah, it? In, yeah, in layman's terms, yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and all the content that obviously sits behind it as well. You've What are what are you 
automating is a lot of the thing, isn't it? Is it's all well and good saying you know we we want to automate this, we want all these inbound leads, but you need to attract you need to attract them, and um, and how do you do that? You know, it, in your mind, is is yeah. there is it persona building? I think it's a combination of a lot of things. So when I came in, one of the things that I noticed was that a lot of client, uh, any clients that I wanted to work with, I, I'm trying to sell them, you know, recruitment process partnerships or MSPs or RPOs or, you know, all these buzz terms. Yeah. You know, and most and most of the clients we want to work with, you know, they've probably got a PSL and maybe they've got an in-house team of some kind. So it was almost sort of an education piece that, we are an op- our type of solution is an option because um, yeah. I think a lot of those the clients that we're getting now it's they've come through because we've educated them for a few months and you know a bit of awareness about who we are mm. and unfortunately that's branding which which most people don't want to do because it's not ROI led yeah um, but overall strategy is ROI led it's you've just got to educate the market a little bit comes down to that time. Yeah. what you were saying as well isn't it it's, yeah exactly you know, i mean yeah. if i'm talking about ppc and you know getting people to search for a rpo or something you know um if they don't know what an rpo exactly, is in yeah. the first place there's no point in pumping money into a exactly campaign. so yeah it's a big education piece you know about our service offering about um who we are in the market who we are as a business reputation wise just a combination of all the above yeah. and i can only see it working better as you move forward as you know the market gets um more informed about who we are but for me as a marketer it's really great no one's touched my work apart from me you know i'm not picking up um bits and pieces from you know agencies or other marketers that previously been there i've got a fresh start and i can create our own voice which is really good i was guess i was thinking is does it help that you didn't have any idea about what an rpo was yourself and you had to learn and yeah absolutely i mean seven seven and a half months ago i didn't know what an rpo was yep. i didn't know what an msp was yeah you know my idea of recruitment was haze <laughs> uh guys going out in the city on a friday night and you know getting their bonuses that was still exists um, <laughs> absolutely it does still exist but yeah. you know there's so many different subsects of recruitment yeah um and yeah i I like the model that we work. I think it does work. You know, yeah. I'm not saying the others aren't great as well, but you know, I, I think what we do is has has its place in the market. Yeah, yeah, I think there's there's certainly been a shift, certainly within the, next, the past twelve months that I've seen about the more traditional recruitment businesses. You know, those niche niche players who have offered contingent solutions. Yeah. More often than not, they're starting to make a play now into the mini rpo probably not on the scale of some of the things that mba are doing but you know these mini rpos in terms of offering microsites employer branding email campaigns as well as the recruitment side of things are are you noticing that as well you coming up as mba coming up against some of the more traditional ones um like the the people that we compete against you know rpo wise it's not really other other recruitment businesses mm. it's more in-house teams yeah. and agents because of the size of the clients you're because going of the for. size of the clients yeah. yeah and then also you know obviously you've got your your manpowers and yeah. people like that alexander man alexander man yeah. exactly yeah like obviously those guys but a lot of the people that want to work with us don't want to work for them because yeah. you know they don't want to go through some formal tender process okay um 
but yeah, I think having the RPO elements, mm-hmm. um, you know, you touched on there, EVP development and microsites. And all well, that. you just came from a meeting before yeah, yeah. here that you were going out there yeah, yeah. as part of the pitch process or an existing client trying to offer, offer yeah, yeah. new stuff. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, say if you go into a business and they have a recruitment problem, um, that will be more wide ranging than just we're struggling to hire people. Yeah. What is the reason why that is? You know, it could be um, your employer brand, it could be your location, it could be your salary bandings, it could be a number of different things. That, and I think that's what recruitment businesses need to be doing, where they're overarching, looking at the bigger picture, not just a singular, you know, recruitment view that lasted. 15 years ago how, how, how have you been getting yourself into those meetings you know no no years of recruitment experience six months in the business yeah, yeah. you know are you putting your hand up there and saying look I need to be involved in these conversations yeah. I mean it, it's it's been a combination of me putting my hand up but also a combination of you know putting out disruptive content on LinkedIn people, our, people want to know our, you our, yeah <laughs> our clients our clients uh, want to know me and what yeah. what do I actually do apart from you know putting this content out there um, and it's, that, that, it, that's the thing as well isn't yeah. it is like if you get so well known for it and you know like you say there's a lot of people on LinkedIn and people probably think I only do podcasts because I only ever yeah. push out the, the lonely marketers stuff but there's a lot that goes in on in the background, and that's quite good though that people want to find out more. Yeah, about exactly. I mean, you. Pe- people think all I do is LinkedIn, but I do one post a week. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're overpaid if that's all you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, the yeah. the engagement, the conversations, and you know, activity sort of runs off of that. Yeah. You know, I think if you if you're putting out loads of content and it's not getting engagement, you're stop wasting doing it. Stop doing it and evaluate what you're doing. And that's not, that, that you know, that, and that just doesn't go for just content, it goes for any activity. Absolutely. And I think in recruitment, um, yeah, I've we spoke about it so many times on pretty much every show, is that it's just sheep, it, you know, people are just doing yeah. exactly the same thing as everyone else, and, and it, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It yeah. doesn't make sense if, if something's not working, why, do you, why are you just carrying on with it? It's like staying in a, an abusive relationship and things like that. It's like, just stop it. Try yeah, something and, else. And it's also easier to look back and go, why was I doing that? Yeah. When yeah. you stop doing it, yeah, 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 you just think, well, that was stupid. I've been doing that for two years. Yeah. I mean, I'm no, I mean I've been doing this content for two, three months. Yeah. But just innovate your approach. I mean, at the moment, um, LinkedIn is prioritizing written blog style content. Yeah their algorithm is going to change in the next six, nine months, I'm sure, yeah. more, seems, to, it seems like more towards video and things like that. Yeah. So you know, people, And the company pages, it seems, at the moment. The company yeah. pages, you know, it's very topical for us to talk about at the moment, everyone yeah. getting invited to uh, yeah. their company pages. And um, I very much believe people trust people and, pers- yeah. you know, personal brands, that's, that's what people buy. You know, the company talking about, you know, their company night out or, all these different things or you know this is our service offering this is what we do mm. it's not that engaging for anyone outside of the business no you, you mentioned personal brands there controversial if you left mba tomorrow yeah and you know you lose overnight all of this engagement type thing you know what what do they do is there stuff in place to 
to carry that on. And that, that I think that's a concern for recruitment general RPOs agency side is you encourage individuals to be individuals, which is which is brilliant. And I, I completely yeah. agree with the people buy from people. Yeah. But what happens when? Yeah. No. Move absolutely. On the I mean, it's, it's. Do you just accept it? I think that's the only thing you can do. I think mm-hmm. when you invest, say. I'm investing my time in other people within MBA to try and help them their personal brands. And it's a consideration, isn't it? You know, you you got to think who who's whose brand's worth building. Yeah. And also who has the appetite to do it. Yeah. Because just if you're a director or, you know, you feel like you're a personality in person doesn't mean that you have the appetite to say certain things. You yeah. know, I know people that feel uncomfortable putting a job ad up on LinkedIn, let <laughs> yeah. alone saying the sort of things that I say or getting so in front of camera getting yeah. yeah exactly you know I'm sat here doing a podcast today and yeah. some people might be uncomfortable doing this if there was a camera yeah yeah um it's just just personal preference but yeah that is the risk that you run with personal brands is that you're building up the personal brand of that individual however I would say that you'll always be affiliated with the places that you work yeah completely and like and, you they, yeah it it opens up the wider question as well is that if people are leaving the business then you've you've got other things to worry about you have to question exactly. the reasons why people are leaving the business are you doing all the right things to to keep them there and and I, I'd, I'd also like say if you're building a personal brand um working around your employer yeah. you're probably the biggest brand advocate of that business aren't you yeah exactly so you know myself being a marketing director i'm probably the biggest brand advocate apart from Matt, our CEO, yeah. um, that there could be. No, because no. I believe in it. And I, if I have to market this stuff, I have to believe in it myself. So I think you just have to have to have some faith with it, really. No, I agree. If you, um, you know, it, this might not be at MBA, but what would you say your, your biggest success has been? Selling your business? Um, yes and no. I think actually, sort of to go before that, mm-hmm. Um, I actually uh, I was writing a paper about entrepreneurship um, yeah. when I was finishing off, finishing off university, and that led me into sort of startup land where university going. You did a business degree. If you got an idea of a business you'd like to start, and then I went, hmm, maybe I should think about that instead of um, taking getting the Times Top One Hundred um, <laughs> yeah. book and going, you know. PwC. I don't know. Go, Times Top 100. Uh, about 85 of the hundred of those companies are usually recruitment businesses yeah. as well. I'm, I'm not going to say why or anything, but yeah, there I'd be go. wary of those lists. Yeah, but it, it, was, it was an opportunity to <laughs> yeah. to think for myself and try something. And I thought, you know, if I if it messes up, great. If it does work, great. Um, yeah. I'll probably learn something. Um, a bit so like the content now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I think it sort of uh, gives you that resilience that try things see if it works and I think that's sort of the entrepreneurial mindset mm. um, so yeah I went into my business a fashion business and realised that 90% of my time was spent doing marketing mm. and uh, I was actually quite good at it Yeah. Um, so when I left that um, I had to think what did I want to do um, so yeah I went into marketing consulting and just I've, I thoroughly enjoy what I do It's. It, I think it's the game of reverse engineering the attention mm. of whoever you're trying to pitch, whether it's clients, customers, B2C, B2B, yeah. you're trying to reverse the engineer with the, the attention mm. and offer some value. Yeah, I think if you can do that, people will respect you, hopefully buy from you. Yeah, you know? yeah, um, because I think sometimes marketing itself, advertising slash marketing has been 
traditionally built on lies yeah and and kind of ways of convincing that maybe aren't ethical but there's no excuse for that now you no. can you can tap into people's personalities into their personas and you can get the messages that you want in front of them a lot easier can't you yeah definitely and i think just the authenticity piece and being open and that's what people will respect yeah being open being at, open. at an individual level and at a company level and at a company level yeah 100 yeah um you know you're coming from the outside of recruitment and looking in now seven months in um whether it's agency side rpa side anyone anything in kind of talent solutions if you want to package things like that yeah. what would you say the biggest opportunities for marketers are um i think it's obviously two sides so obviously mm -hmm. candidate side and, and client side i think i think that we have so much data within recruitment businesses you know job boards have been running for how long 10 15 years or whatever yeah. you know uh, linkedin used to be a job board it's now a social media platform um <laughs> soon to be a crm probably soon to be a crm yeah. probably i mm. think we have so much data and we have we in all of our businesses we have so much value that is untapped yeah um and i hate the idea of you know putting up a job ad um you know getting two applications or getting 10 applications for example you know seven of them wrong job you know wrong time wrong place wrong money you know two of them might get put forward but you know wrong personality one might get hired yeah the other candidates are still skilled candidates which are in your crm system mm -hmm. use them you know i guarantee you're going to have more roles in the future um you know you obviously you can't build personal relationships with every person and remember them but that's why you've got your crm system and that's why automation needs to and that's place. and that's why automation plays the plays plays a key part there especially because of the churn in the recruitment industry as well is that people you know we know it consultants they they come and go just all the time and you can't rely on yeah exactly a human some of the times and also with gdpr now as well when you do a white label advert yeah you own that data whether it was for x client or y client yes they're your candidate now in your yeah. system yeah, you can pitch them for another job in six months. Yeah, you know, and and that is something which is very personal to me in the sense that I actually got pitched for one of our clients. Yeah, um, six months before I joined MPA, it was it was a good job, a wrong yeah. opportunity for me. In my head, I should have been sat in a system, um, and they should have said, "Actually, Scott was really good. Let's pull out the system." Fifty other people that sit the same you know skill set same yeah. whatever it is and we'll we'll contact them yeah um but i think that we're still a fair way behind that oh 100 percent. just just you know i went through the the gdpr project well you know this time this time last year wasn't it, it kind of came in yeah. a month or so ago this time last year and the amount of just data that hadn't been touched for so long especially you know, my previous life in the in the tech world is that you leave data like that so long is so much opportunity for people to learn new skills, yeah, yeah. have new experiences, new jobs. It, you know, we're in a we're in a time now where people can learn stuff straight away. Yeah. You know, I could jump on Code Academy and learn JavaScript if I if I wanted to, just nailing it for three yeah, yeah. months type thing, going left, right, and centre. And but people don't 
people just don't keep engaging with it. They don't, don't do that engaging. nurturing. And I think as well, so say if you gave uh, gave me a list of a thousand people who were, you know, my dream clients, every, and I got every piece of contact information for them. Yeah. Without context, the data is worthless. Yeah. If it's out of, if it's two years old, if it's a week old, if it's, you know, if it's not up to date and relevant, yeah. the data is not useful. So the people that were worried about GDPR affecting them were people that were misusing data in the first place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and they weren't actually getting much benefit from it. They were probably sending out mass mailers to a quarter of a million people and getting 20 responses and mm. thinking that it was, you know, their 5% open rates were doing a good job for them when it was actually detrimental to their business. Yeah, the thing, when I, when I started in recruitment in 2004, I remember one of the selling points for recruitment agencies was the size of their database, which back then, you know, you think, oh, look, they've got the access to all the, the, the candidates. It was, you know, before LinkedIn really took off. Then it stopped for a while whilst LinkedIn came yeah. in because, you know, oh, we, it's only numbers, it can't count. It's, it's come back now. Yeah. Size, size of the database does matter, but like you say, only with the context that you're you're nurturing it in the right way, uh, you're yeah. contacting it regularly, you know, when they're ready to buy, when they're ready to move jobs, um, it's a lot more relevant. I think especially the point now that I, I heard on one of uh, your show, I think it was last week or the week before, yeah. talking about dynamic content. Yeah, You've got the opportunity to segment data and to use dynamic content. Yeah. So there's no reason to be you know, lazy in the fact that everyone gets the same. Yeah. You know? Myself and yourself, Glenn, you know, we're different people. Yeah. We probably have different interests. Yeah. We probably have different... Uh, job aspirations yeah. different skills why not segment that for the people it's relevant to and i guarantee that your engagement will be better yeah. because you're actually taking the time to give people what they want yeah i, I, I was listening to a, a, an american marketing podcast and it was talking about um how pointless demographics are and yeah. they are they're completely pointless completely. aren't they like our you know, the whole 21 to 25 year old demographic is ridiculous. Because if you have a 21 year old um, who's who's single and a 21 year old who's, who might be a, a mum yeah. type thing, it's completely irrelevant. Yeah. Your, your interest and behavior is irrelevant. Your demographic probably isn't that relevant. Yeah. Um, especially nowadays based on, you know, I think that there's a massive opportunity for recruitment businesses to treat their candidates like customers yeah in you know if amazon will be specific and send me ads and send me emails which are relevant to me based on my activity my you know my interests my behavior why don't we do that with jobs how can recruitment businesses do that it's gonna it's gonna it's you know that's yeah some in some business that is turning around 20 oil tankers not just yeah. one yeah does it just, does it just need someone big to do it and say look we have changed the approach we haven't just said we've changed the approach which a lot of I people think so yeah I think I think um you know you go to these recruitment conferences and events and you know it's filled with job boards and ATSs and all these sort of things and yeah. if you think about recruitment I think it's a process yeah you know an ATS or a job board or your CRM or whatever it might be is just part of the process mm -hmm. and if one is better than the other it puts your process out of balance mm -hmm. um but i think just having a having a rationale and a, a, a set of ethics about how you're going to treat a candidate yeah it's probably the best place to start 
and then you can work out the tech later. Yeah. Because trying to find tech as a solution, I think generally is is only going to solve part of the problem. And I think this is where obviously both um, you know me and me and you are going to be biased. Does it have to be marketing led? Does um, this have to be marketing led? I think it has to be led by all departments really if you don't have the buy-in i mean i've noticed that myself that you know my aspirations might be for you know client development or new client wins whatever Mm -hmm. or you know branding the business how how does that engage our consultants who are filling roles on a day-to-day basis yeah you know you you need to have the buy-in of the whole business in order to successfully implement marketing um but i think it needs these sort of drastic changes need buying from the whole the whole business. Yeah, whether it's IT, finance, marketing. Everything. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's it's got to be a lot more homogenous yeah. and you know integrated. I think on that day to day buying of marketing activity, um, how have you gone about that? Getting the getting the consultants involved and things. Yeah. Well, to be honest, for my first six six months within recruitment, you know, we've been looking at building brand, we're looking at client development, all those sort of things. So it's not really been focused on the candidate it's, it's sort of come back full circle to focusing on candidate experience yeah. um off the back of um getting out into the market and seeing what other people are doing um but day to day um getting you know internal stakeholders within mba on board i think it's just be open about what you do mm-hmm. um have those conversations probably over explain what you're doing um as well where, yeah. where it, don't don't assume that yeah, yeah don't, what don't, you know everyone else knows yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I know that i'm a bit strange myself <laughs> so i need to uh sort of over explain and make people understand what it is i do all day you mm. know and um and also help out where you can you know i'm more than happy to support consultants if they need my help and, and give any advice i can give from a marketing perspective yeah and don't, also don't silo yourself no exactly and also um i would say best thing that i've done since getting into the recruitment industry is actually learn about recruitment Um, because i think the worst thing to do be you know a new marketing person a new sales sales guy or whatever you might be you need to learn your industry and your business and you know i'm still a novice within the recruitment industry but what i've seen so far excites me massively there's so much opportunity and and trying to learn you know what every department does and how that works and understanding the nuances between different types of um, clients and contracts and how they work and what the aspirations of the consultants are uh, you know the difference between specialist IT roles and um, volume recruiting you don't have to be an expert but you need to have the awareness don't you I think you need to have an appreciation because um, you need to be able to appreciate what your colleagues do and sort of support them so you can support them if, if if they need it yeah so what's the what's the plans for the next six months so you know you're settled in now you've got your inbound leads coming in what's what's the what's the plans next i think it's uh, a lot of implementation is it um so you know we've got new clients coming on board which is fantastic and um, you're obviously involved in some yeah, of that yeah. delivery now as well yeah um 100 getting more involved in in delivery um you know supporting onboarding of clients supporting clients we currently have also growing our team um you don't realise the challenges you, you get new clients recruitment businesses. You need you need more talented people. Um, more, more for the marketing team. Yeah, so that's something uh, <laughs> which is which is being discussed at the moment. Yep. Um, but you know, as a marketer, I'm I'm not sh- 
I'm not sure if I want a mini me, someone like me, because uh, one is someone better than you. That's exactly. always the case, isn't it? You want I want someone who is miles better than me. How if you if you could um, if you could have a an ideal kind of marketing team, what would it look like? Because I've had these conversations a yeah. few times in terms of do you build a team of generalist marketers who can do bits of everything, or do you go down the route where you have specialist you know you have a copywriter you have someone who's yeah, yeah. dedicated to ppc and, and stuff yeah. like that what what would be your route and why i think it's obviously different for each industry each business i mean i've i've worked in businesses where i've had a team of eight marketing professionals below me yeah. and then outsource professionals and global offices and all this sort of stuff which is really exciting yeah but i've also worked on my own and you know managed one person or yeah. just a, a team a team of freelancers that support your agencies um, for myself you know I have you know graphic design support you know yeah. we have ad support we have is that uh, kind of still centralized like graphic design support and things yeah all those sort of things I mean I think it doesn't really matter no. where it comes from whether you've got someone sat next to you as long as it, it's getting done as long as it's getting done and it yeah. works for you I think you know you employ someone you've got to pay a salary and mm -hmm. you've got to give them enough to do yeah. Um, you know, sometimes paying a specialist to do a specialist job is is important, and sometimes just actually having another pair of hands which is capable and can mm. can support you is, is the right thing to do. Um, but I think just someone that's willing to learn, really. Yeah. If you have you have a level of knowledge and you're open to learning, I'd much rather that than uh, someone uh, who thinks they know everything. And I think I'll keep progressing my marketing career because. Uh, I think most of what I do is a bit rubbish, but the ten percent of what works works in such a good way yeah. that overall it seems successful. It's kind of um, that just staying in your lane, isn't it? You 100%. know, know know what you're good at. Yeah, just yeah. just focus focus on nailing that, and then everything else will yeah, I follow. I actually got asked uh, the other week by one of our recruiters if I was a T-shaped marketer. Right. Now I've not heard of this before. <laughs> no. So a T-shaped marketer is so the top line would be you know your PPC, content marketing, yeah. email, whatever it might be, and then the the long stick is you know you're an expert in email or you're an expert in SEO. Okay. We all have our specialisms within marketing, but yeah. um, as long as you're competent in the other areas, that's yeah. fine. And I think a lot of the mistake that I've made early on in my career is thinking that you need to be an expert in all of it. Yeah. And you're never going to be because being a great content marketer and being a SEO genius mm. are just such different skills. But you, yeah, it's, you yeah. need to focus on what you get. And I, I suppose yeah. you, you could have potentially when you started at, at MBA in December or, or whatever it was, is you could have, try to be everything to everyone 100%. you know you could have had recruiters asking you for for brochure wear and you'd be you know going away yeah, and yeah. doing that but thankfully for you and for the yeah, business yeah. is right we need yeah, to I get the structure in place so first three months really it was sort of managing those relationships there and sort of under you know I wrote and, and expectations and expectations yeah. yeah you know i set out six 12 month plans and said this is what i want to achieve and sort of stuck to that you know i'm I'm a nice person. I'm happy to help. Yeah, but you know the the longer aspirations have to be in mind, otherwise you're zigzag and you won't go forward. Um, but thankfully, your relationship with with Matt is very close, and you are kind of aligned yeah. at that point, which yeah, really I mean, helps. Yeah, that 
the reason I was brought into the business was to to grow the business and grow the brand. Yeah. And and that's still the core reason why I'm here. Uh, and as long as we're aligned on that, you know, we'll we'll, we'll keep working in that way, um, which is fantastic. So I think you know marketing has to be aligned with senior management. Um, yeah. Otherwise, you're going to pull pillar to post and. Uh, you won't, you won't enjoy it as well. No. You know, I learned very early on is, you know, you, you get involved with senior management. You understand what the business wants to achieve from a from a headcount, from a profit point of view. You look at um, level of repeat business and you understand it. So then you can think, well, how can marketing campaigns and yeah. techniques play a role in improving that, shifting the direction? I, th- I think the most important thing for marketing and for marketing professionals within recruitment businesses is to be viewed as a revenue generation stream, not a cost center. Not a cost center. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think once you once you understand that, and once you flip that, your business will get the most value from you. Yeah. Um, and not even a marketing department. Think about it as yeah. yourself as a person, because yeah. that will change your mindset. Don't think of marketing uh, as the cost and adverts and roll up banners and th- think of think yeah. of yourself. And you know, you'll enjoy it a lot more if you think. Oh, excuse me. Um, that's a update on the virus um you know that's you'll you'll feel better about yourself if you feel like you're contributing to the wider yeah, exactly goals of business. You, you don't want to be seen as someone that makes things look pretty no you know you want to be seen as someone that contributes to moving the business forward yeah and i think that's what marketers do no. um yeah i agree cool um wrapping things up with the last five favorite marketing tool couldn't live without it i'd have to say linkedin now uh, yeah, yeah, you have to now. I, I, have, have, to. To, I have to now. Um, yeah. yeah, I just think that, you know, gone is the perception that it was a, a job board and it yeah. was just um, people's online CVs, basically, and recruiters could go on and search and find people. Yeah, That is one aspect of it. When you look at, you know, a LinkedIn, LinkedIn recruiter license, that is one aspect of it. Um, but really, it's a social media platform for business. Um Obviously, people like myself blur the lines between business-related content and personal content, which people, some people say should be on Facebook. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think ultimately, people want engaging business-related content. Yeah. The um, irony of that is is that Facebook groups are a hell of a lot better than yeah. LinkedIn groups for business-related yeah. stuff at the moment. And I think so. that content marketing on LinkedIn will continue um, for the foreseeable future until... LinkedIn have a compelling ad product because mm. advertising on LinkedIn it's just not oh it, yeah it, I've had some nightmare stories like I've yeah. pumped 200, 200 pound in for something and literally within about 18, 18 minutes like the whole budget's gone and I'm like yeah. that was really really targeted where I thought it was and it's just it's just gone I yeah. don't know what's happened to it I mean uh, my background is working on content creation on LinkedIn and Instagram yeah that's where I started and LinkedIn is what Facebook was in 2011, 2012. Yeah. You can build big organic audiences off the back of great content. Yeah. And well, that, as you've pro- and that and that's an opportunity for everyone. Yeah. Um, I think everyone has something interesting to say. They've just got to take the time and yeah. the willingness to to find find it really. Hundred percent. Yeah. Cool. Uh, favorite brand. Ooh. Um, one brand I really like at the moment is Brewdog. Yeah, um, beer brand. Um, I'm not a huge beer drinker. I don't drink their beer. Yeah, but they've been consistent. But as they've well. been so consistent and so disruptive and measured. Um, I saw their advert in Piccadilly Circus. Yeah, you know, it just said advert, 
and it and then it had a bottle of brew dog in the middle of the word advert yeah and i was just like that's great you know obviously that works for them because they're a more established brand yeah um yeah anyone that wants to be a bit disruptive and have their own voice and leading the way a little bit isn't it as well it kind of makes you know there's no harm in people following that route you know they've changed changed the way people think about it favorite sound or noise (laughs) as we're in london uh you know the sound of uh tube approaching when it comes yeah. through the tunnel yeah you're like ah, it's on time i'm not yeah. g- the tram the trams don't make a lot of noise off in manchester no they? they're very electric you see, <laughs> yeah. so it's not it's not quite as exciting uh cool um we've done a few professions here you know you've done marketing a lot you've been the startup thing anything else you'd love to give a go a profession if you could um, so when i was a teenager i was yep. obsessed with golf okay so yeah probably pro golfer Scratch. Yeah. Yeah. Do you still play now? Uh, I dabble now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was very good when I was younger, but uh, things got, get in the way, don't they? Alcohol, yeah, girls, everything. Yeah, I, I think I, <laughs> I think I reached puberty and sort of everything, everything changed really. Uh, uh, cool. Yeah. And the best best one for me, favourite swear word. Ooh. I quite like prick. Yeah. It's just very succinct. Yeah. You know. Can we expect that in a hashtag soon? Ooh, God knows. It, it would have. It would have to be. Uh, have to be a bit more measured now. I don't. I don't want yeah. to attack an individual. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Cool. All right, that's brilliant. Um, you know, I think having that alternative point of view, both from a, an RPO perspective and from someone who has a lot of marketing experience, but not a lot in the recruitment industry, is going to be great. Um, you know, Scott's Scott's very very open and willing to give advice and have conversations as well. So I'm sure it'd be more than happy to connect with anyone who's listening on LinkedIn and have a chat Um, and that's it for another episode make sure you're reviewing subscribing sharing and all that jazz Um, thanks for coming on the show Scott thanks very much for having me